Lakers are plus 140 to win 50 plus regular season games on FanDuel. Today, I'm going to tell you why at plus money. That is one steal of a bet. I'm Blake Atwell and welcome into the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast, the Lakers show on the Believe Podcast Network that covers all things purple and gold with a combination of betting advice and analysis. Now, let's talk some Lakers. We're on FanDuel here, as you can see, under the NBA regular season wins betting odds category. We're under the subcategory here of 50 plus regular season wins. And if we look at the teams that are listed here, we have the Nuggets, they're minus money. The Celtics are minus, the Bucks are minus, the Suns are minus, the Cavs, the 76ers, the Miami Heat, the Golden State Warriors. And then we have the Lakers and we look at here and we have the, the Warriors at plus 100 and the Lakers at plus 140 to win um, 50 or more regular season games. And to me, like this should be a minus money bet. I mean, the Lakers, they should be up here more towards definitely in front of the 76ers. I would say until the Damian Lillard trade goes through ahead of the Miami Heat, Definitely had the Golden State Warriors as well. I am a little surprised that the Lakers are this low here on this list, but you know, I I get it from the sense that they were a 43 win team last year, and they're bringing the same group back post trade deadline, and that is the key. And the important thing to remember here is this is a team that last year they were ill equipped heading into the season. They were not set up for success at all, and they start the season two and ten. They have to be one of the best teams in the league to even get to 43 wins, which they do. And I just see the team really sort of uh, picking up right where last year's group left off. And that's because they're bringing the same team back. They've improved a little bit around the margins. And I see this Laker team winning over over 50 games. I, 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 uh, I really do. And I mean, just to be more specific about it, once February 9th passed and the Lakers had on their roster, they had Roy Hachimura, they had D'Angelo Russell, they had Jared Vanderbilt, they brought in Mobamba and Malik Beasley, of course, who are not with not with the team anymore. Um, but just guys to come in that better fit around LeBron and AD. And the team went 18 and 8. They were one of the best teams in the league and in the West. And I know that it's a small sample size and I am not expecting this Lakers team to win, you know, I would say probably like any more than 53, 54 games. So I'm not saying that they're going to keep up that pace the whole season, but I do think thinking that and sort of predicting and, and when you're putting your, your money on, on looking for some, uh, some plus money, you know, value bets when you're looking at the Lakers here. I mean, I think that this is a really good one um, because if you look at the teams that were ahead of uh, ahead of them last year, and we'll get in the we'll get into this more here in just a little bit, but I think the Lakers are in really good position to finish within the top three in the West, which puts them over fifty wins, in my opinion. And if we look at the roster, and we sort of see that you know you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, we have D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves. I think there's your backcourt. Jared Vanderbilt or Rui Hachimura, depending on who you, you know, want to slide in there. And then LeBron James and Anthony Davis, of course. I mean, that is one of the best starting fives in the entire Western conference. And I know that, you know, sort of looks like it's going to be a training camp battle between 
gave Vincent D'Angelo Russell for that starting job. My opinion on it is that I think even if Gabe Vincent outplays D'Angelo Russell in training camp, I think that he's better off coming off your bench so that you can have some really good length in this starting lineup between D'Lo, Reeves, Vanderbilt, or Hachimura, LeBron, and AD, and then you bring in Gabe Vincent off the bench as a sixth man, or you put him at seven, and then you put you know whoever doesn't start between Vando or Hachimura being your sixth man. I mean, the Lakers are just in really, really good shape here. And I want to talk about one of the guys I just mentioned a little more. And of course, talk of the town right now, Austin Reeves. And we did a show on this channel and uh, on, on the the podcast on the uh, the listening side on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast a couple of weeks ago. We talked about how Austin Reeves is plus 1600 to win most improved player. And, you know, I was expecting those odds to change a little bit with how he has looked in Team USA. He's been one of the best players on Team USA in whatever role that they sort of want him to be in and, and coming off the bench. And as we're seeing here with this Eurostep play, and he had that really nice three-point shot as well that's going around Twitter, like he has looked better than he did in the playoffs, which is saying something. And he's doing this playing around guys like a Josh Hart, like a Mikhail Bridges, like a Cam Johnson, playing alongside Jaron Jackson, Brandon Ingram. I mean, these are guys that are on that upper tier of young stars in the league. And I think where most people just thought, oh, we just had like a breakout playoffs or whatever. Like, nah, man, he just keeps getting better. And if he plays like this and is shooting this well for the Lakers and is playmaking this well, and Jovan Buha, the athletic, had a really cool note earlier in the offseason about how the Lakers sort of intend on running more of their offense through Austin Reeves, putting the ball in his hands more, letting him play make. If he's doing stuff like this, Lakers are going to be really hard to beat come the regular season. So that's sort of focusing on within the starting lineup, focusing on Austin Reeves. Then if we look at the rest of the roster here, and so we look at like the, the second unit, right? And you have Max Christie, who of course looked really, really good in summer league. You're expecting him to come in and play a big role off the bench this year. Then you have Torian Prince, nice three and D forward at six, six, who's going to be able to, Shoot the three. He's going to get a lot of open looks playing next to LeBron and AD. You have Cam Reddish. And Cam Reddish is, I would say, if you're looking at like a 10-man rotation, is probably the odd guy out unless he like really pans out with the Lakers. But anything that you're going to get from him is just going to be gravy. Um, and then you have Jared Jared Vanderbilt or Rui Hachimura, depending on you know what happens what happens there um, with uh, who, who starts between the two of them. I think one of the two of them, of course, will start. And then, like I said, I think that you bring Gabe Vincent off your bench for a nice scoring punch, and you're in really, really good shape. Um, one of the guys that's not on this ESPN list. Um, oh, he is. Never mind. I, I missed him. Jackson Hayes right here. He's the other other guy that I wanted to mention. So Jackson Hayes, I mean, a guy who's going to come in and just asked sort of to to be his uh, to be his self, which is just catching lobs, playing defense, blocking shots. You're not going to expect anything too extraordinary from him. So I think this is another guy in the second unit that's going to win the Lakers a lot of regular season games. And you just look at the defensive potential, even if games where maybe he, if you go really big and you start him next to Anthony Davis or bring him off the bench, like 
those two guys going back and forth between AD and Jackson Hayes, I mean, defensively, that is a really good tandem reminiscent of the size and the length that the Lakers had in their 2020 championship season a little bit, which Javale McGee and Dwight Howard. And then you're sort of hoping, you know, you have Colin Castleton who played well um, over the, over the summer league as well. We'll see if he ends up playing more at the South Bay Lakers or if he really proves to be uh, more of a mainstay and get some actual time with the Lakers. Cause they, they definitely need another big and it's looking like the whole league is kind of on, on a standstill while we wait for the James Harden trade and the Damian Lillard trade looking like Christian Wood is probably going to end up going to Miami after uh, they get Damian Lillard. If they do in fact get Damian Lillard, if they don't, you know, if Lillard gets traded elsewhere maybe Christian Wood is still in play for the Lakers. But in my opinion, He's been around for so long. They have vetted him according to reports. So they were going to sign him. I think they would have already done so. Um, and, you know, even if they're interested and he's like, you know, let me just wait and see what happens with this Lillard situation, uh, whether, you know, they, they bring in a guy like him or they wait for the buyout market, which is another report I have seen out there that the Lakers might do to, to wait and get that third big. Lakers are going to be in good shape and they need a guy like uh, Jackson Hayes to, uh, to play really well for them off the bench as a key off off season addition. So again, like starting lineup, I'm thinking you have D'Angelo Russell, you have Austin Reeves. I say you start uh, Jared Vanderbilt for his, uh, for his defense. And then I say, you know, of course, LeBron AD. And then off the bench, I think you have Riha Shimura coming in uh, as a six man. You have Gabe Vincent, not far behind him. Uh, you have Max Christie, another guy who the Lakers are going to need to step up this year and do a bigger role in his second year. Torian Prince, I think you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to be a consistently good shooter, play good defense, and then you need Jackson Hayes to, uh, uh, you know, to block shots and rim run. And they're not, again, they're not going to ask him to be a lottery pick who is in contention, you know, for an all-star team or anything insane like that, like, or to put up big numbers or whatever. They just want him to do his job. And I think like similarly, again, to how JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard worked in a limited, like defined role um, with the Lakers in, in that season, I think that Jackson Hayes has an opportunity to do something similar here in 2023, 2024. And again, Cam Reddish, like this is another guy who's a wild card because if he pans out and then you're looking at, okay, wings, you have Hachimura, you have Christie, you have LeBron, you have Torian Prince, you have Reeves, like uh, and then, of course, Vando, I think, who's who's going to start. Um, if Cam Reddish works out, that's just gravy. And there's just not enough minutes to go around <laughs> at that point. So especially once you get more towards the playoffs and the rotation crunches together more and more. So Lakers are in a really good spot. Uh, Cam Reddish is a guy who, if he pans out great, if not, you know, uh, it'll just be another stop for him in his in his career as he tries to figure, figure his, himself out in the NBA. But I think that he's a guy that has a lot of upside. And again, if he works out, that would just be gravy uh, for the Lakers. I really think that when we look at this roster in its totality, I think that this is a team that wins at least 50 games as long as LeBron and AD remain relatively healthy. Of course, we know LeBron's age. We know Anthony Davis goes out from time to time, but Anthony Davis played over 50 games last year. If he can play similar in a similar fashion and maybe play a little more maybe play closer to 60 games i think that's when you're really really looking at the lakers being like a really dominant regular season team but even if ad plays around i would say 55 games this season the lakers are going to win at least 50 games and if they win at least 50 games they're going to be you know in the top three in the in the western conference 
And speaking of of which, I do want to look at the uh, the standings now and sort of look at last season. And we look at this and we see, okay, we have where are the Lakers? They're down here in the seventh seed at 43 and 39. Ahead of them last year, you have the Warriors, who are going to be pretty good again. Of course, bringing in Chris Paul, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. The Clippers, like when, especially when we're talking about betting and stuff, there's just no way that it is it is a good idea to to take the Clippers seriously at this point because you just don't know how much those guys are going to play. And we've seen Tyloo this summer talk about on some podcasts how like, oh, you know, maybe uh, I need to, you know, uh, get it across that we do need to 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 play our stars more with Kawhi and, and Paul George. But we'll see what happens there. I don't think the Clippers are a team that are going to be better, especially in the regular season than the Lakers. Phoenix Suns are really interesting. Talk about uh, more on them in just a second. The Kings, basically bringing back the same team, although I do think the Lakers have a better roster than they do. And then the Grizzlies up here at two. I think they're going to be the team that falls the most, and it's just because of not having John Morant. You know they brought in Marcus Smart, and don't get me wrong, when they have John Morant and Marcus Smart together, I think that that's going to be a really, really nice Guard tandem, whether you start smart still or you bring them off the bench, whatever you do, Grizzlies are going to be really good come the playoffs. But I do think that they are going to fall in the standings a little bit. And then Denver, I see them kind of just remaining at the top. So let's say that the Lakers win, you know, 51, 52 games. I think that you're looking at the Lakers either in this two seed or the three seed. And I think between the top three, you're going to be looking at the Nuggets. You're going to be looking at the Suns with how much talent they have. And you're going to be looking at the Lakers and again, this is all relative to health. The Suns are another team like the Lakers, very dependent on the health of their stars in terms of how far they're going to go in the regular season. As talented as that could be and as good as that could be, in the reg- especially in the regular season with how good they're going to be on the offensive end of the court, they haven't played together. And the Lakers have played together, of course. They're bringing the same group back, just bringing in a couple pieces around the edges. So I do think that the Lakers are going to beat out the Suns in the regular season. And I think that you're going to be looking at something similar to this in terms of the Denver being, you know, 53, 54, 55 win team. You're going to have the Lakers right here at two at 51 or 52 wins. And then I think the Suns are also going to be a 51 team and probably finish in the three seed at around 50 to 51 games um, one during the regular season. So, and when we look at the teams that are below the Lakers, Obviously, we've seen Anthony Edwards and how well he has done, you know, in the Team USA camp and uh, and uh, and FIBA tournament, of course, and definitely going to probably be a, another breakout player who takes even another step forward uh, in in his career journey with the Timberwolves this season. But I just don't really like the fit of Cat and and Gobert. I don't think that they're going to be uh, a threat to the Lakers. The Thunder. This is a team, of course, their their coach, Mark Dagnaw, is is one of the favorites to win coach of the year. I think that they have a lot of potential. Um, SGA, Chet Holmgren, of course, playing his first season, but Josh Giddy, the b- both both versions of the of Jalen Williams that they have there, spelt a little differently, kind of crazy that they have the same, same name and they're both guys that are really, really good on that team. But uh besides that, I mean, I think that. Thunder are probably going to be in this play-in race again. I just don't see, I don't think that you can convince, you You can't, you can't convince me that the Thunder are going to be better than the Warriors or even the Clippers 
um, or, you know, the Suns or the Kings or the Grizzlies, even without John Morant for the first 25 games. They think the best case scenario for the Thunder is they finish sort of where the Lakers did last season. They win, you know, maybe like three, four more games. Maybe they get up to like six, but I don't see them, you know, finishing near the top here. Uh, the Pelicans, similarly to the Clippers, where you just don't know health wise, like what they're going to what they're going to look like on paper. You have Ingram, you have Zion, you have CJ McCollum. That could be really, really good, especially in the regular season. Um, but it's just too much of an unknown there. Dallas is the one team, I think, out of all these teams that is going to be the most improved, of course, bringing in Grant Williams and filling out the roster a little better this year around Kyrie and Luka Doncic than last season. I think Dallas is probably going to be a team that really, really jumps. And, you know, Jason Kidd, we talked about on our Coach of the Year show, also uh, on the show earlier, a couple of weeks ago, how um, Jason Kidd is is up there and the odds for coach of the year definitely might have a compelling case if he can really turn this Mavericks team around who just completely fell apart after they lost all of their defense that they traded away to get Kyrie Irving. Utah building for the future. And then we have the Portland Trailblazers, of course, and we know sort of the story with them. They're going to move Lillard at some point, look to build for the future. Houston Rockets, Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet, do they win more than 22 games? Probably. Do they win more than 37 games? Probably not. San Antonio Spurs, Victor Wembanyama, probably a little higher here as well. Maybe they get closer to 30 wins. I think the bottom of the West isn't going to be as bad. I don't think you're going to have teams in the West that that are that are this bad next season. I think the last team here might win, you know, 27, 28 games, somewhere around there, but um, so, so that's, that's the Western conference as we look at it last season. Um, again, I see the Lakers as being a 50 plus win team. I think that's going to vault them all the way up to the two seed this next season. Um, and yeah, then you're going to go into the playoffs most likely, and you're going to have Lakers with home court. And that's the other thing that, you know, it was tough for them. They had to play their their hearts out to even make the playoffs, and then they had to win in Memphis on the road and then play Golden State, and then, of course, Denver in the conference finals. If they can get home court for those first couple series before they have to play Denver um, in the Western Conference finals, you know, that, that may uh, help them be more rested and maybe more ready for Denver in addition to just being a little more talented this year, I think, than uh, than last season. But – what do you think about this year's Lakers? How many games do you think they're going to win? Let me know. You can find me on Twitter um, or on the channel here on, on YouTube. Always happy to, to chat Lakers. And uh, yeah, let me know if you agree. Let me know if, if you think that at plus money, this is a, a steal of a bet for the Lakers to win 50 plus games. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, thank you so much for watching and uh, listening to the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast. Please subscribe and like our videos on YouTube. Follow along wherever it is that you listen to your podcast and I will see you next time.